0: namaste yogis and friends i'm kino mcgregor
1: and i'm tim feldman and we would like to welcome you to miami life centers podcast welcome um, let's start with the patanjali mantra i'll just do it once and then we do it together word by word maybe line by line today let's see if it's possible <clears> Om <throat> um, yogi your- I'll just do once, then you do.
0: Aum
1: Yogena chitasya padena vacham malam sharirashya chavayyakena yo pakarotam pravaram muninam patanjalim Rana toshmi Okay, now we do together. Aum okay. Yogena Chitasya Yo and then chitsya padena vachamacham Malam Shariasya shari Vajakena Vajakena Yopakarotam Yorkarotam Paravaram Muninam Patanjalim Ranjali Ranatochmi Ranjali Ranatochmi Very good. Okay, so let's see uh, yesterday we were supposed to do 20 sutras but we did 11. So I'll try to do <coughs> to take us far today. So I'll go a little bit fast and. For those of you who were not here yesterday, so um, what I am attempting to do is not to go very deep into each sutra, but give you just a little bit of knowledge about what it is. Hopefully, turn on your fire to want to go and read the sutras and learn more about it. Um, and um, by doing so, also attempting to give you a map, an overview of what the system of Uh, Patanjali's teaching is. So when you get like a little bit more when we go through book number one that talks about what yoga is and how to practice it and book number two a little bit more about how to practice it then we pretty much know what's going on. In book number three he's talking about what kind of stuff we can get out of it and in book number four it's kind of like a philosophical um, uh, uh, conversation with Buddhism where he kind of denounces the Buddhist uh, idea of the final stages of the spiritual journey. Something like that. So you c- you're doing pretty well if you have a good idea about what first and second book of the Yoga Sutras are. And then if that is inspiring. So they, those, those are the ones that is very useful in our daily lives and our daily practice. If then you are like turned on and you want to learn more then you read the third and the fourth book also and you start to dig a little bit deeper into some of these philosophical terms yeah Um, okay so yesterday so i'm probably going to have to rely a little bit more on this today than yesterday (coughs) it's getting a little bit harder for me to remember all this stuff So uh, yesterday we spoke about, um, in the first 11 sutras, we spoke about what yoga is. We spoke about two kinds of mind, one type that cultivates yoga, one kind that is detrimental to yoga, five states of mind, like how the mind works. Um, And that was it. That was kind of what we got over uh, in the class yesterday. Yeah. Um, So today uh, we will talk about what practices. That is the next uh, chunk uh, that comes up now from Sutra number 12 up till around Sutra number 16. It's kind of very concrete and then he gets into some philosophical abstract stuff about where we end up if we do this practice or what is available for us if we uh, do this practice basically what is Samadhi. It gets a little um, cerebral. And I'm going to do my best to try to see if I can explain that. Wish me luck. (laughs) Okay. So um, the next sutra that we are uh, coming to here is uh, sutra number 12. And it says, (laughs) Abhyasa Vajragyabhyam Tannirodaha. Repeat after me. Abhyasa Vajragyabhyam Tannirodaha. And here comes the word nirodaha one more time, just like we had it in the second sutra, where he says, yogas chitta vritti nirodaha. So here he talks a little bit about um, w- uh, what brings um, nirodaha about. And what he says is that when we, uh, that we have two notions, one is abhyasa and the other one is vairagya. And abhyasa is to strive, is to try our best to um to do something about our pathetic situation um, that is one and the other one um, is renunciation or letting go or uh, uh, i think uh, edwin Bryant here he likes to use use the word dispassion, as in you let go of that passionate desire to move forward so it is the up op- it is two opposites here so we have to let go on one hand and we have to strive on the other hand. Does it make any sense? So what Patanjali says here is that (coughs) um, by working with these two we can get uh, nirodaha. But I think um, what we experience in our practice is that that is not very accurate way of talking about it. I think a much more accurate way of talking about it is that when we balance Abhyasa and vairagya. When there we find the proper balance, then we get the niruddha state. So if you look at it from a physical point of view, <clears throat> if you strive in your it to you know get into marchasana D is a decent example, then you put all your effort in there and you try really hard to do that. So that means like your muscles are engaging a little bit and you get a little bit hardened up. So when you go into marchasana D like this, you're going to get a little bit f- into it. But then you're also going to keep yourself out of it. Do you know what I mean? It's not possible to go into marchasana D with only striving. It's just mm-hmm. not possible. Now, so then you need to insert the opposite. Like you need to like soften, you need to let go, you need to uh, take your mind off your um, objective and try to just like s- feel it a little bit the way in there. So when we are using the combination of those two, then we can get to D. Then we can get to a state where um, our efforts bear fruit, where we are in a successful state. Does that make any sense? Now, if you only use, on the other hand, Vairagya, if you only let go, you're also not going to get into Marchasana D. You're going to be like this, Marchasana D, Vairagya.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> and then that's the end, right? So that's not enough. You cannot just like strive and you cannot just let go. There must be both. So what we're talking about is the right balance of striving with letting go. That creates Nirodaha, That creates the successful state. So what happens in marichas when you're working on marichasana D, and it's not working out? What's going on in your mind? I try this, I try this, let me see, oh, I, I'm a bad person, I'm a good person, oh, look at this person can do it, I can't do it, I've been doing this for half a year, Oh, oh, you know, I could do this first time, look at you, you can't, or whatever is going on in our mind, right? So, um, lots of movement, lots of emotions, lots of movements going on in the mind. In the moment we've got it, hopefully, we just go, ha. We take our mind at least off that, maybe then we're so neurotic, so we start to move the mind to the next asana, oh, here oh now i have to do Navasana, i don't like Navasana. <laughs> you know whatever <laughs> happens yeah but so ideally we are when marchasana and not that we're working in towards it when we find it the mind calms down so this calming down this cessation of wanting stuff this is um one of the characteristics of of Niroda. yeah so um, let's move on to the next one i hope that made a little bit of sense i'm not going to ask you how you work because then you ask me a question and i need to use five more minutes on it then i'm only going to get through <laughs> so we uh, are tr- on a train here all right so number 13 is so a new word is introduced here and it is so by uh, balancing um, effort and release we get um, the mind calms down. The effect of the mind calming down is that we get a steady state where there's not a lot of fluctuations. Did you want us to say it? Oh, yes, I want you to say it. Thank you, David. All right. Tatra stitao yadno abhyasaha. Repeat after me. Tatra stitao yatno abhyasaha. Very good. The audience pa- participation is very important in these classes. <coughs> <coughs> yeah. All right. yes. So, when Niroda happens, then uh, steadiness uh, is possible. From steadiness, that's really what we are after. When there is steadiness, then we can start to concentrate, then we can start to dwell deeper into different reflections and so forth. So we are very much after that. Stitao is a big deal. Steadiness, we call it in English usually. So, what he's saying here is the last word, Bjasaha, is Abhyasa. So it's just um, grammatically that the, the aid loses and stuff like that. You don't need to be concerned about that. So, and yatno means effort. So what he says is that the effort of your practice should be to move towards that steadiness, and that steadiness is that concentration that it takes to find the correct measurement of striving and non-striving and letting go. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. That is, And this number 13 is a very important one. That is the definition of practice. Okay so you can hear it doesn't talk about the physical state it talks about how you approach so the the effort that it takes to balance your striving and your letting go that is practice it is not easy as you know if we could do it we could do everything mm-hmm. but just because we can't do it we can't do everything yeah Okay, next one, the very, f- very popular one, number 14. <coughs> so here we're talking about um, what, uh, how do we get this Abhyasa Vairagya balancing, how do we get that very steady, how do we get this shtitao um, uh, uh, state, how do we get to that? And what um, Patanjali suggests is that if you want that steadiness, here he calls it firmly stab- established. If you want that steadiness to take root, to really be there, then what we need to do is we need to practice for a long time. And like for a long time is for us, it's like yeah, I've been practicing seven years and three months and twenty-five days, right? So what he means is probably some lifetimes, you know. But um, Anyway, even if you have practiced for a couple of years, even maybe for a couple of months, you start to feel a change in the way that it's easier to get up in the morning, that it's easier to get into Marchasana D or something like that. So that means it is starting to take root, there is an establishment that of this yoga that is starting to take place in you. Yeah. So he says you must practice for a long time, it must be uninterrupted, it cannot be that you practice on Tuesday and you say that was awesome. I'll come back next month. <laughs> <laughs> it is not enough. Yeah. It's like and then you do that for 10 years and then you wonder why didn't I progress? Yeah, why do I not have steadiness of mind? It's because there was constant interruption. Or if you have practiced if you try to practice very steady for a while and then you fall off the wagon of whatever reason and you come back, you realize that in the interim some of the negative impacts that we do yoga for in the first place, they start to creep back at us like weed in the garden. Yeah. So, for a long time without um, breaks. And finally, Satkara um, Sevito, like what he's very interested in, is that there must be a true sense of hospitality. So, there must be love for it. There must be a motivation for it. There must be a place where you want it. If there's no hospitality for the information, then you will reject it. Then there's what's the opposite of hospitality? Hostility? We spoke a little bit about it yesterday. If there's hostility, you practice for a long time, you don't interrupt, but you have a hostility towards what you meet. Now that's not gonna work. Is so that making sense? So um my professor as i spoke a little bit about yesterday professor rao so he's the one who is for the, the only one of the teachers that i have studied with that that um, d- translate it into hospitality <coughs> but i think it's such a good word it's so yeah of course if you're hospitable to the information if you bring it in you serve it like a nice dinner and you give it the guest room and you put out fresh towels oh then the information gets in there okay yeah we're good shall we go on okay. number 15 Drishtanu, ravika you can hear we get a little more complicated compared to wh- where we were yesterday just in terms of the length of the sutras and stuff so repeat after me drishtanus
0: Drishtanu.
1: Drishtanu. ravika Vishaya. Vishaya. Vitrishnasya Vitrish Vitrish
0: Vashikara
1: Sangnya, Sangnya. Vaidagyam. All right, so now he has moved from defining what uh, what uh, practice is, what striving is. <coughs> Sorry, he has uh, moved on from from the part of practice, which is striving, to the part of practice, which is letting go. So you can see the last word here is vidagya. So now we are talking about the the uh, principle of to renounce, to let go, um, of this passion uh, and so forth. Yeah. So he is now defining what that is. So he says uh, that there must be a conscious control in within us where we. Um, move away from the non-essential so we renounce whatever is not essential and then the question is what is non-essential so everything that is non-essential is everything that takes you away from yoga so in its most clean um, most conservative version of this it is anything that is material of nature anything that is not about your soul anything that doesn't move you towards a further understanding of who you truly are which potentially defines as the atman as the soul of the jibaratman yeah so as your purusha actually is the word that he used so anything that is not pointing in that direction is non-essential now a little kinder way of interpreting this is whatever gets you to do your practice that you need to do. So, if that means going to bed early at night, because then it's easier to wake up in the morning, then that is essential. If that means that you buy every season a new yoga mat, because you like to have, you know, the brand new style, limited edition style every every uh, second month, and that brings you onto your mat, then you do that. Does that make sense? Whatever brings you into your practice, you do that. Whatever takes you away from your practice, don't do that. <laughs> yeah? So, yes. <laughs> so, <coughs> um, so he says, this is for, so he speaks of, of two kinds here. He says that this goes in regards to um, what we desire of material nature, so you, we, should, we should renounce material nature. But he also talks about it in a little bit different way, which is interesting. He says, also what scriptural texts offers, that we, you must also renounce. Because by the end of the day, that is also just another desire for something which is not necessarily uh, yoga itself. So he says, if you want to go to heaven, If you read the bible every day and wanting to go to heaven every day uh, that is your drive then he says please renounce that too so you can be clean so by the end of the day there is not all these patternings that can lead us astray yeah okay we're good okay super so let's go on to number 16 which is a second definition of vayadakya so it goes like this Tatparam purusha kya te guna vaitrishnam repeat after me Tatparam Tat purusha kya te, te. guna vaitrishnam. vaitrishnam okay so now here is something that is there's a couple of words that is introduced here now it's now it starts to get difficult for me so i have so we we have purusha which is the opposite of Prakriti, Prakriti being nature or all things matter, and Purusha being anything else. Yeah, We often uh, uh, talk about Purusha as the absolute or beyond material or spirit or God or soul or something like that. But so, what he says here is that the highest renunciation that we can come to is, the, is one that even renounces the guna. So, what is the Gunas? So, the Gunas is the um, Indian system called Sankhya philosophy, which is hailed to be the very first approach to a scientific analysis of what the world is. A non-theistic uh, scientific attempt of understanding what the world is. So, what one of the things that they did was they broke down... <laughs> They said there's all things matter and then there's something else. So all things matter they call prakriti. <coughs> so and then whatever else is there they call Purusha. Right? So now when we look at prakriti, they say, okay, what is matter? What is nature? What is premodal matter? Primordial matter. What is that constructed from? And they broke that down to three components. And it's You can kind of compare it to like how we in western science has broken it down into atomic science is that what it's called like into the periodic table so we have broken it down to these different uh, atoms and molecules and that there is how many is there in the periodic table like 28 or something like that something like that right so but in in indian philosophy they came down with three (coughs) so if you take let's see an oxygen Particle and you put it together with a, what's it called? Hydrogen, Hydrogen particle, two of them, I think, yeah. and then you get a third thing out of that, and that is water, that is H2O, right? So in this way, you can combine in different ways, and then you, from these 27 components, the whole world is, is, is made of that. It's, it breaks down to that. All right, if I'm wrong about this, I am so sorry. Um, I don't know anything about it you know I'm just you know but it's kind of like that right a little bit (coughs) alright so in the Indian tradition from the Sankhya they have the triguna they have the three gunas they have the three kind of primordial uh, uh, keystones to uh, all material creation and it is Sattva and Tamas and in between those we have Rajas yeah. So sattva is um, uh, uh, life, it is quietness, it is uh, uh, light, illumination, it is um, life itself, did I say that already? It is quietness, it is true peace, Yeah, something like that. And then on the other, and it's often like the sattvic state is what we are after, that's what we want. On the opposite side, we have tamas, and tamas is um, darkness and thickness and inertia and uh, s- stability in the sense of stuckness um, and uh, lack of knowledge and ignorance and uh, stuff like that. All right. So, what Patanjali suggests and what he picks up on from the Vedas from the from, and, uh, Upanishads, is that we are living in the tamasic state. We're living in this dark state where we can't see what's going on. And then we want to move to this state where we are in true uh, knowing. And to get from this stuck, ignorant state to get to this vivid, peaceful, illuminated, enlightened state, uh, we cannot just get there transferring from tamas to sattva. We need some agent to make that happen. That agent is Rajas. So Rajas is energy. Rajas is movement. Rajas is heat. Rajas is vrittis. Rajas is shaking it up. Rajas is your asana practice. What have you got? You've got a heavy, lazy body that doesn't function very well. What do you want? You want to look like Superman and be really smart in your head and have good blood circulation. So how do we do that? We do asana, yeah? So we, t- we move that in for a while, we get our breath, <laughs> like this, and afterwards we're like, wow, at least after a couple of weeks or something, we're like, wow, I feel so much better. I feel light in my body. I sleep well again. I can digest my hamburgers. I can, you know, all that. Things. Yeah. yes so what you are uh, subject to right now is a new system of logic Patanjali's system of logic that's what I'm trying to pass to you and in your mind you need to try to put that either you just listen and you just like take it in for what it is now or you start to try to put that into you know your world view and other systems of logic that make sense to you yeah, and sometimes they clash and sometimes they they merge. merge. Okay. All right, so what, what Patanjali says here um, is that the highest type of vairagya is to renounce even the gunas. So that means like the highest type of vairagya is to disregard and not be concerned with everything of material in the material state that means your body that means your life that means the world that means everything that means eating that means drinking that means sleeping yeah so what he says is like the highest renunciation is when you go beyond your physical self mm-hmm. and you look for something else so this is where we are starting to see these yogis that it's become like very ascetic and like do, does penance and things like that they move beyond that in the attempt to find not prakriti but purusha so you've seen Kumbh mela, is that what it's called and there's all these sadhus and they do crazy things like one francis decides that he's going to go beyond his body so he will lift his arm up like this and he will never take it down again and then he ha- keeps it there his whole life and then after some years it starts to wither and then he has this like branch that's hanging there so he goes beyond health. He goes beyond all this in the attempt to renounce, um, to move himself into a process of true, of not necessarily true, but at least deep renunciation. Yeah.
0: But when your arm withers, where's the balance?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then at least you can't use the arm much anymore, right? <laughs> but there's a that there you 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 force yourself into a. to deeply reflect when you start to do stuff that literally is breaking down your body yeah. which is going beyond your gunas which is going beyond your atomic composition Does that make sense it's like this is not important it's a little bit different than the way that we do yoga isn't it but <laughs> yeah we kind of like to like do it so we get super healthy, so the arm can move a lot, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Okay, so here at Sutra number 16, um, we have now defined what practice is, the two different uh, aspects that goes into it. And we have defined that uh, we must both strive very hard and, and we have defined exactly what that is, that's that shtita. And we have defined that uh, we must uh, renounce everything that is non-essential to the path of yoga. And if we can, we must even go beyond uh, the, the body itself. Something like that, right? Um, so now he says, all right, so if you do all that, where does it take us? What do I get out of this? And now it is it becomes a little more abstract. So the next one, number 17 goes like this. Vitarka, vichara, ananda, ashmita, arupa, nukamat, sampragnataha. So repeat after me. Vitarka, vichara, ananda, ashmita, arupa, nukamat. We try that again. Arupa, anukamat, sampragnataha so we are after the word sampragnataha. so sampragnata is is the same as samadhi so sampragnata is samadhi there's uh, two kinds of samadhi there's sampragnata and there's asampragnata and here he talks about sampragnata and a little bit later he's going to talk about asampragnata i think it's the next yes the next one he talks about that so the the first one uh, the first level of uh, of Samadhi, of the state of union, of the state of yoga, is called sam- Sampragnata. Um, and um, the second is called asamprajnata. So in samprajnata there is this word Sa that it starts with, that means with. Uh, we also call it Samadhi, we also call it satbija And Bija means a seed. Sa means with, so that uh, samprajnata is satbija with seed. Samadhi with a seat, okay? After that comes Asampragnata or Nirbija. Nir means without, bija, seat, we get there in a moment. So when he's talking about Samadhi that has a seat, he talks about a Samadhi where, yes, you're moving into this state of yoga, of this state of union, but there is forces within us that drives us back. To the material world those forces are our samskaras yeah the samskaras ah see now it is i have to go into all this difficult stuff <laughs> so <clears throat> um so samskaras are experiences that has s- uh, that has set a memory within us Sometimes we use the word vasana instead of samskara, and I'm trying to figure out what is the difference between samskara and vasana, and no one can, no one really gives me a good answer, and I forgot to ask Professor Rao, so I have to do that next time. But so let's just use them as the same. So vasana means a fragrance, and vasana means the fragrance that is left behind after you remove the flower. Does so it make any sense? So here I have a flower. I go like this with it. I throw the flower away and then I go like this and there's the fragrance of the flower still there. So you can think about some scholars like this. You have an experience. I meet John. I fall in love with John. John he leaves. For the rest of my life I have this experience of the love of John that that sits in here. That can be a, a positive one because I miss him and he rejected me. Or can be a good one because I felt like he loved me back. Whatever it is, yeah, whatever it is, now there is a fragrance, there is a pattern inside of me. I meet someone that looks like John, ooh, maybe I fall in love with him. You know, I meet, like, I go and I buy food somewhere and the waiter looks like John, instantly I think the waiter is an awesome guy. Mm. Yeah, so it colors my whole uh, view in that way. So what, um, Uh, Patanjali says, what yoga (coughs) says, and he he picks that up from Sankhya again. He says that every action that we do creates another action, first of all, or a reaction. That is the law of karma, that there is a, a cause, there is a thing that we do, that is the cause. And there is an effect of that. We get back to that later. But everything I experience sets a fragrance within me. These fragrances they are experienced in this lifetime, they are experienced earlier, they are experienced later and they are also experienced in your previous lifetime according to Patanjali. One way you can think about that is genetic. So one of the things that they have come up with right now at the moment they talk about is that trauma manifests in 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 your genes. Not only your own, but also your grandfathers. So it's something like the membrane of the genes is being affected. Again, I'm way out of my comfort zone here. So uh, something like the membrane of of the gene is being affected by a trauma. Let's just say it contracts. Like that is my experience here. Now it has now solidified in matter, it has solidified my emotional experience has solidified in matter. Now I give birth to John. Sorry, you are being my beginner. <laughs> so then I pass on my genetic pool to John. John passes it over. He gives birth to Chloe. He uh, passes on to Chloe and so forward. So now, so, you, so that type of samskara, like from a Western point of view, we could almost call that reincarnation. So making sense? That would be a liberal way of translating reincarnation. In the classic way, it is that there's a permanence, there's a a seed in me There's a... uh, No, let me not use the word seed, then I confuse stuff. There's an entity in me that is the soul that passes on and through generations, generations, and just gets a new body and a new body and a new body. So, some scholars can be from your past life, One of the ways that the Indian, uh, some of these philosophies like uh, to describe this is (coughs) Mozart, when he was two or Beethoven or something like, he could play the piano very well, to say the least. He was born with a particular talent. You have kids that are born and they can just do crazy stuff like in terms of math, in terms of something. So where did they get that from? This is not normal. So then the Indian philosophy, they will say, this might be, and they they underline might, a samskara from a previous life. Maybe this baby learned to play the piano or play music in his previous life. He's just, and then like got got chopped off, pop. And then he moves on through death and rebirth. And then he comes into a new body and he still sits with this. So that's one way they describe the potentiality of why we have talents in that way. It's a some scar. it's a positive one in this case. It could also be addic- addiction. I come out, you know, and I'm just addicted to everything. I must say se- I have obsessive manners and I'm an addictive nature. So why? Because there's some particular pattern that has been cultivated in a previous life. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, where am I going with this? Uh-huh. Oh, yes, seat. Uh, answer, it would be uh, bad behavior, you know. Eh? No, it can be good behavior, bad behavior. Okay. We often talk about samskaras with a negative connotation, but it's also for positive. Oh. Yeah? All right, so all these samskaras, you little good with the wo- samskara? You have an idea? We're good? All right. Mm-hmm. So all these samskaras that are conscious or subconscious and they have different nature they can be latent which means they're dormant which means they're actually not having any effect over you but if something happens they might start to wake up and then they will have effect over you like for instance you can have a, a psychological mental disorder and like schizophrenia and you're born with that but like no one knows and then when you're in your teens something really bad happens and then you know this schizophrenia starts to go, go out. That's one way they talk about you know why some people get it and not get it and stuff like that, right? Um, scholars st- Good. So, um, some uh, uh, Sampragnata some Samadhi is Samadhi, where you are, um, some scholars are still there, and they're still having effect on you, and they will pull you back to material life, such as, I love John, John is in this world, therefore I will not go into the infinite, I will come back to John. Yeah? Or, I like gold, and there's no gold out there. <laughs> Maybe, yeah? So I come back to earn more money, or something like that. Alright, so um, <clears throat> with the seat, with the seat of previous experiences and conditioning. Alright, so, and then in this sampagnata there's four stages. And if you don't mind, I won't go too much into these. These are very kind of esoteric. And the further we get into them, the more, uh, the less I have a clue what Patanjali means. <laughs> but the first one is um, this Samadhi. Samapati, same word, like Samapati means deep absorption, Samadhi means state of union. Um, So, first is Samadhi, or a deep, well, we're deeply absorbed while we are having a clear awareness of our own self. So, you can be sitting and you can have a really particularly nice uh, meditation, meditation practice, sitting sitting practice for a long time, and you start to move into a place where you're getting some insights are starting to, to happen, but you're still very Aware of your body, uh, in that, or you come back and forward to your body very, uh, very clearly. So, second, one, m- maybe you know that from asana practice also sometimes. Um, the second one is deep absorption samapati, samadhi, where that has passed. Your sense, your sensation of your gross body is not present anymore, but there is still awareness of more subtle sensations, such as energy or Subconscious aspects of your mind starts to reveal itself or s- things like that. Yeah The third one is Samapati or Samadhi or asamprajnata Samadhi deep absorption where your mind is moving towards the infinite and is ab- absorbed in the absolute in the infinite whatever that means and where the bound the bond towards your body starts to loosen and we're going to be ex- your existence our existence itself all right the fourth one apparently is <laughs> <coughs> when um, there is a deep absorption that go way beyond that and it goes beyond the state of i the app inside of us that defines who i am and you begin to be fluent in the space in the separation between and this be- with separation and non-separation between the absolute and the i don't ask me about that i don't know what it means <laughs> yeah but um, that is the definitions that he's given okay and i think the problem with these is very hard to find someone that can give us a good experience like a good uh, a first-hand pratyaksha experience of what these things things are um, and for instance the, my teacher uh, Rao he is a scholar he is another practitioner so there's another teacher that i used to study with and uh, Nara Simhan and he, maybe some of you have met Jayasri Nara Simhan you know who they are and Nara was a practitioner and a scholar so he and he was uh, a student he was the right hand man of uh maharishi you what was his name the beatles teacher thank you very much yes transcendental meditation. yes transcendental meditation so he has some experiences so when he's teaching it's very confusing for me so i stopped l- taking classes with him after some years because he kind of brings everything together into this place and afterwards i sit with some information but i don't know what i sit with mm-hmm. it's almost like i sit with this kind of like entity that like is too l- formless where with rao he's like teaching academic st- structures but so it is of course anyway long story. You. Um, okay Does that make any sense? So in all of these, we still have a lifeline back. We still have a seed that brings us back. Even if we go in there, we spend uh, lifetimes there or, or just a little bit shorter maybe. And then like, we still have a lifeline life back. Why? Because some scars are still in us and they're still in some type of active state. They haven't been roasted and burned and they haven't died out yet. Okay. Alright, so, and one of these seeds can be the desire to want to lea- to um, become enlightened, scriptural desire to go to heaven, to be enlightened, to be a yogi or something like that. That, that even is a seed. So there is another kind of samadhi that comes after that. It's called Asampragnata and then he talks about that in the next one. So that is number... 18. So it goes like this Virama Pratyaya Abhyasa Purvaha Samskara Shishunyaha Repeat after me. Virama 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 Pratyaya 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 Abhyasa abhyasa abhyasa. Purvaha Purvaha. Samskara Samskara Samskara. Shishunyaha All right, so now we're getting really abstract here, right? So in Asam Pragnata is the state beyond these four stages, as if that fourth stage was not enough. <laughs> so there's a state after that. Okay. And I am not sure the way that I in my own little head understands this is that there's everything knowable and then there's beyond that. Yeah? Something like that. That's kinda like a size I can hold on to.
0: But they say that when disappears into
1: the yes. That would be another way, a little more poetic, way of saying that. Um, so, and this is the Nirbija state. This is where there is no more seeds. So, when there is no more seeds, then <coughs> we are unbound. So there is this whole idea that we are bound in the body, that the soul is bound in the body, and then, and that is because of the samskaras. And the day that we lose the attraction to the body, the day that we uh, lose the attraction to the gunas, and everything that, is that we can think about, because thoughts and emotions are also uh, material, according to the system, then the day we lose any relationship to that, then we are unbound. That day is the day when we lose our body and we lose material necessity to progress and we move on. Yeah, and that is pragnata Samadhi. And from my own experience in that state, no, I'm kidding with you, right? So <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, so now basically you know everything there is to know about Patanjali's paradigm. You know what yoga is. You know what the mind is and how it works and what to do with it you know how to practice it, you know what comes out of it. Okay, that's it. That's Patanjali yoga for you right there. That's what I try to do. The problem is, it's like, all right, how do I, do you know, yeah, okay, I got little information, but give, give me some more, you know, should I put my leg behind the head? You know, like <laughs> a little bit more detailing and uh, it's attractive. So let's try to do, uh, to, so he goes into that. All right, so. Let me skip number 19 and go to 20 and then come back to uh, number, number 19. So he says to practice this. So now he kind of like refers a little bit back to that practice we were talking about. So he says that there's some things, some, some things that need to be cultivated. There's some things that we need to have, some attitudes that is very helpful for us. <coughs> and it goes like this. This number 20. Shraddha vidya smriti, smriti samadhi prajna purvaka itaresham. Repeat after me. Shraddha vidya, vidya, vidya smriti, smriti, smriti samadhi, samadhi prajna, prajna, prajna purvaka, 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 purvaka itaresham. itaresham. So, Shraddha means to have faith. So, well, the first thing, we spoke a little bit about that yesterday. It always goes hand in hand with hospitality. If you have no faith in the, what you're doing, how are you going to get anything out of it you're just constantly gonna think eh, this is not gonna work Eh, this is not gonna work you're gonna that's a great English word for that it's like you do everything half-assed <laughs> yeah it's like it's not gonna work you like faith when faith is there it is is it really necessary no is it useful absolutely as a matter of fact if it's not there it's a pretty big detriment to the success possibility so whatever we think about faith that is a fact yeah you what do you need to have faith in that it's gonna work out that this method works that water crunches crunches your thirst that your friend is gonna be loyal to you that you know whatever it is yeah all right um this and that's shraddha the next is vidya vidya means something like energy and vitality And what we're talking about here is that we need to have commitment and willingness to put like effort forward to make it happen. It's like, oh, I want to do yoga tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not commitment. It's like Friday night, everybody wants to do yoga. Saturday morning, nobody wants to do yoga. (laughs) Yeah, so it's that. All right, the next one is smriti and that is memory. And there's a couple of ways to think about this one is that there must be attentiveness and mindfulness. Another way to think about this is that must be a memory, a remembering of who we are, where we come from and what is important. As in, this is now we're getting a little lofty, that there must be some kind of connection with the idea that I am more than this uh, bunch of bones and skin and thoughts and emotions. Yeah, that there's something on the other side. If we can apply that, that is useful for us. Or said in another way, to to uh, remember that that you are somebody who lives inside this body. And this, who is that somebody? Well, that's what we're trying to figure out. Yeah. All right, and the next one is there must be, uh, that is, uh, uh, samadhi, that that type of uh, absorption must be, the Sraddhavidya smriti smriti type of samadhi must be there. And finally, the is prajna means knowledge or sometimes uh, wisdom. So there must be um, a certain wisdom, there must be clarity of mind to move forward. If you have faith, if you have commitment, if you f- truly find that you are a soul that needs to be liberated but you are dumb as a door, you're gonna be seriously impaired on the probe, <laughs> you know? So there must be some type of willingness to get smart, to like be clear in the mind, to try to figure out what is A and what is B, yeah? So you can see how these, it's very logical what's going on here. And and I think also what it says is like. You cannot just come in and do your practice the same way every day. You know you have to like think a little about it and reflect about it. It's like okay I've been doing, you know, backbend like this for 20 years and it's like it's not getting any better. It's like I said because y- y- should you just blame your parents for your genetic <laughs> predisposition? <laughs> Or she, yes, right? Be nice. yeah. Yeah. Or are you gonna yeah. like you know see if it could be something else that can be done something about? Yeah? Okay. Alright, let me go back. So this is what we normal people need to do like what's the, like great attributes in our in our spiritual quest. Now and here's just like like a a whole kind of um, sutra from Patanjali that he says, but there are some people they don't need all that. They got, they just got it, man. <laughs> and also they happen to not have a body. And we spoke about it yesterday. It's the videhas <laughs> and they go, they they float around in this uh, layam, this uh, prakriti layam. This uh, uh, layam means uh, state or place, realm. Uh, in, of the prakudi they float around here in our world and their are and don't know what Videha means, besides that is kind of like spirits or something like that, that's my way to understand it and they're just like hanging out here in constant samadhi, I don't know which one of those but probably the last one mm. and they still somehow have a seat you know so they're here, they're not gone, they have not come to the final place of Purusha um, and they don't need to do all this hard work. They just like, kind of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So I uh, once asked, uh, like I thought, this all makes so great sense. You know, some is a little abstract for me, but this all makes so great sense. And then we came to this number 19, I asked my professor, professor, I was like, excuse me, like I really like what uh, Patanjali is saying, but like that is kind of weird. Can you, like, what is that? And he was like, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> so, that gives, gives me hope because I have no idea what that is either. So, if you don't know what the heck he's talking about here, then we're on the same chain. I,
0: like I, I I understand it a little bit, like, you know, like how we have spirit guides. You know, they're mm-hmm. like their essence is with us. You know, and if you're going take an aura picture, you can yes. see them in the aura, but you can't. They're not embodied. They're yes. not embodied in, in a human physical body. But they may have been at one point.
1: Whatever. Uh, parallel system of thought you can pull this into I- to uh, further your understanding, go for <laughs> <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: That's okay. What moves the Ouija board. The what? That's what moves the Ouija board.
1: Yeah, Ouija board. Boards. They oh, you can also it? go there. That's also oh, fun. It okay. So, um, okay. Uh, so, let's go on a little bit all right so we've talked about that we need to have faith commitment and mentality we need to have a memory and a mindfulness we need to have an, a, like a willing like a capacity to have an absorbed mind and we need to move towards a clarity of mind a wisdom type thing so he says now that uh, this state sabija samadhi sampragnata samadhi and, pr- and through that asampragnata samadhi is available if you practice Con- with conviction and enthusiasm. That is. Oh, I forgot to uh, say the sutra. All right. So number mm-hmm. twenty-one goes tibra samveganam asanaha. No, one? we did that already. Okay. That was. Oh. Oh yes, we didn't say that either. Let's say number nineteen. <laughs> it goes like this: pava pratyayo videha prakriti layanam. Repeat. It, repeat after me. Pava. pava. Pratyayo. Videha. That's those things. Prakrati, uh, Prakriti. Prakriti. Sorry, I said that again. I said it wrong. Prakriti. Prakriti. Layanam. Layanam. Prakriti, you have now heard a couple of times. Laya means real. Okay. Um, so that was the thing about the weird beings that's floating around. Okay? okay. <laughs> and then mm, 21 is Tibra Samveganama Asanaha. Repeat after me. Tibra. Samveganam. Samveganam. Asana, <laughs> so uh, what he basically says here that if you work hard, then it is available, yeah, and um, if you don't work hard, it's probably going to be hard to get there, yeah. You have to put forward enthusiasm and commitment. When I say you have to work hard, it's like you have to put forth commitment and enthusiasm to get there. All right, the next one, symbol number 22, goes. Mritu adimatra tvate tatopi avishesha. So repeat after me. Mritu, Madya Adimatra Adimatra Tatopi Vishesha So um for the person who has the enthusiasm, who has the conviction, who has the faith, who has the clarity of, of wisdom. That is already on the path. That has taken Atayoga Shasanaam to heart. Uh, there is um, three types of practitioners there, and one is um, that you can practice light, or you can practice strong with intensity, or you can practice something in between. That is an awesome sutra, right? It's really mm-hmm. like, yeah. Does that really need to be in there? Yeah. So. Um, What he says is that depending on how strong you strive, how hard you work, you're going to get results accordingly. If you practice lightly, you're going to move there in a reasonable pace. If you work super hard and committed and intense, you're going to get there a little bit like you're going to understand things quicker. You're going to embody stuff quicker or whatever you want to call it. And then if you're something in between, Easy and hardworking, then it's your path is going to like project somehow in between those two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that's it. It seems reasonable, doesn't it? Um,
0: but I mean, wha- why, why did you put yourself too much and you pass the line? No.
1: Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> then you go back again.
0: <laughs> that means
1: that you haven't found clarity of mind. That means you haven't found wisdom. That means you haven't found your um, successful state, your nirodaha state, that means you haven't found out how to balance your abhyasa and Vaidakya.
0: Yeah, um, how do you know where, where you find that balance?
1: I mean? so can anyone answer that question? How do, we f- how do we come to understand what is the right balance between abhyasa and mm-hmm. What? Ah.
0: <laughs>
1: this is why Patanjali, no, not Patanjali, but uh, Patanjali says practice, 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 all is coming, Because h- we need to learn how to balance these. Okay,
0: because so that so is the
1: basis for practice. So, okay. how do we do that? We practice.
0: practice. So, maybe getting an injury is part of the process. I mean, just to know in the future when to stop. I mean.
1: Yes. So, your question is great, but it is beyond Patanjali's uh, sutras so um let's take it a little later okay. yes it's a great question and um i um but it just takes a little time and i would go. love to go go yeah. go. I go learn go. to this <laughs> yeah I know okay. I know okay all right so do you have 10 more minutes
0: we have a whole hour
1: okay okay nobody's leaving <laughs> yeah so <laughs> like, you <laughs> Alright, so what we are doing now, we are leaving what we call the path of effort, the path of abhyasa and vairagya. We're leaving that where I am doing to achieve something. We'd now he's going into another way of getting this whole asampragnyata state of um, releasing the soul from the bind of the body. Yeah? And there is the path of surrender. Those are the two options that we have in life to get moksha, to get liberation, is the path of effort and the path of surrender. So he's been talking lots about path of um, effort. Why? It's because something you can do. There is also something else that you can do, but it is less doing and more non-doing. So now we go into what we call the Ishvara Sutras. It's the next six, five, six, seven sutras, something like that. And so he says, you can do all that that we talked about, and then he says, mm-hmm. Ishvara Pranitanat mm-hmm. Va. S- okay, repeat after me, Ishvara, pranitana, 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 pranitana Va. va. So Ishvara is commonly translated as a Godhead, a thi- a, 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 a the Lord, they often say. If you meet it in the Bhagavad Gita, they keep saying the Lord. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and it is Ishvara is a word that is, uh, he could have taken other, he could have taken Brahman, which is a more, um, is a, a word for for God with more connotations that goes more into the Hindu mythology about different like Vishnu and all that kind of stuff. Ishvara is freer and we'll get a little bit into the explanation of what Ishvara is in a moment. pranitana means worship or like giving yourself to. But what's interesting here, maybe also, is the word Ba, because Ba means OR. So he says, you can do all that, or you can throw yourself at the feet of Ishvara. Yeah, yeah? You, can, you can have devotion to God. So um, he says, um, Samadhi is available and possible also through vers- worship and devotion to Ishvara, to a Godhead. And Patapajyoshi would always say, you take in your practice, you think you are God. Your God, not my God. Very, very, like the, the whole Hindu philosophy is a philosophy or religion. And all these, they are very interested in God, but they don't care which one it is. <laughs> they have no issue. They are not uh, very, um, it's my understanding, or maybe it's just the liberal people I have been around, I'm not sure. But they are not very fanatical about it cannot be Mohammed, it cannot be Jesus, it cannot be a tree in the jungle. Did you give a tree in the jungle? Go for it, man. (laughs) Yeah? (laughs) But, so they're very open to that. (coughs) Okay. All right. So, now... There are some facts about (laughs) Ishwara. So, number 24. So, number 24 goes Klesha Karma Viparka Asayehi Aparam Rishtaha Purusha Vishesha Ishwara Repeat after me Klesha Karma Viparka Asayehi Aparam Rishtaha Purusha Vishesha Ishvara, ha.
0: Ishvara.
1: There he is again. Alright, so Ishvara. What is special about him? So he is that thing. We got Prakriti here, everything we know. He has that thing beyond, an entity that goes beyond that, which is kind of like the truest, most liberated, purest, most illuminated type of liberation that you can imagine of entity you can imagine and then something beyond that yeah that is purusha and we are all we all have a purusha we are all a purusha we as a matter of fact we are purusha but we are identifying with our prakriti and that is the whole problem we will talk about that later so we all have a purusha and so you, you can somehow like also just think about that as soul just for the time being just to like simplify a little bit that idea so The problem with our soul is it got tainted, we'll get back to that, that's not true, but like just just pretend that's true. We got tainted, we got messed up along the way, so now we are bound to the body, because of the the whole misunderstanding, it's called conjunction. But Ishvara never got bound up, he never got confused about who he was, ever, ever. So therefore they say he's a Purusha Vishesha, which means he's a special type of Purusha. Vishesha means special. He's a special consciousness. And, and why? Because he has not been tainted. He has not been touched by. By what? And there's five things here. Klesias, all the afflictions, all the pains, all the troubles, all the actions, all the stimuli, all the experiences, all the fragrances and the vasanas and the samskara. Uh, mm, I'm getting ahead of myself here. He has not been touched by all those painful experiences and remember even the sweet experiences are painful experiences. He has not been touched by karma, which means karma happens when I make an action. I say Linda and Linda looks at me. So uh, my action is I say this and there's a counteraction. And when she looks at me, then I look at her. And then she looks at me like, what? And then I go, it was just because. And it just continues forever yeah that's the idea and the problem with that is that each of those actions spurs another action and each action is a vritti and each vritti just like keeps going like that so the idea with um, with karma karma just means action so and there's action reaction constantly and and because they happen in the realm of matter there's going to be friction yeah, because there's two entities. There's now duality. There's two entities. They will always be somewhat. Even if they merge, they will always be a little different. So we have the the two actions. It's a, it's the uh, possibility of duality, and there would be friction. Friction is painful. Yeah. All right. They talk about this, you know, in l- l- very l- volumes of books. But this was the quick uh, one. The and that's also the fourth one that is the result of karma that is this constant 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 movement constant movement samsara the word for conditioned experience um if i recall correctly means uh, infinite movement that's all i mean infinite is the conditioned experience is the realm we're working in that is dukkha based that is suffering based it just means infinite movement samsara yes yes it is represented no, as a wheel to yes yes <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> me too i have my motorcycle out there is that what you mean <laughs> it's like no okay i want to go to the wheel okay but you want to go out of it okay so <laughs> <coughs> and then finally we have some scaras which we have defined so this is a special pusho- purusha because just like us he is sorry i say he you know it's just easy so it is also she, she, she. chauvinist so she, she is um not is, is special because she is untouched yeah actually prakriti is she and purusha is he now thinking about it yeah. so oh. um why don't ask me because it's a patriarchal system probably mm. so <laughs> untouched by clashes all the obstacles karma all the actions the results of the karma, all the vrittis of the constant movement, the samskaras, the fragrance of all that. Yeah? Okay. So that was karma and klesha and vipaka. The and then he goes on. And um, so do you have a little bit of an idea of this Purusha Prakriti? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I won't go further into that. And there, here comes the hard part and this is the part this is again borrowed pr- pr- uh, uh, Purusha Prakriti is borrowed from Sankhya or it, it refers to the, the Sankhya discovery and um, this, is gonna, this is hard to explain um, and this is what is perceived as the weakest point in the Sankhya philosophy and where that is acc- attacked by basically all other Indian philosophies as like wait a minute you got to be kidding me. So they say Purusha is perfect in its form. It's complete, it's infinite, it's untouched. Everything is fine. But has somewhat um, needs Prakriti, matter, <laughs> to create awareness through e- in, it, in Purusha through experiences. So Prakriti has no meaning in itself. Prakriti exists to supply experiences that creates awareness in Purusha, alright? Mm-hmm. When Prakriti has done its job and Purusha has gotten all the awareness and experiences it needs, Prakriti falls away. This is the whole Sabidja idea. Isn't that just the like, so
0: God can see itself?
1: Yes, mm. but why should God see itself if it's already perfect? And it's, we must assume that it's already seen itself. So it's a little bit like, yes, but why? Yes, but why? If it's perfect, complete, om- omniscience, why does it need that? It's Play. a big why. But <laughs> it, it's on level of did the Big Bang happen, or what was before the Big Bang? It's that same discussion pretty much. Mm. Yeah. So and it's called the conjunction. So no. So then what? That is not called the conjunction. So then. Purusha reflects itself in. The intellect in the mind. Consider yourself a, a mind with a body around it. And you are there's different kinds of mind. There's three kinds of mind. Chitta is mind. So we got buddhi, and we got hamkara, um, and we got manas. So manas is like, if you take it as a city, manas is uh, the streets, the electrical grid, your your transportation system, your internet connections, your electricity, and all that kind of stuff—infrastructure—that makes things. That makes the whole thing work. Yeah, your booty uh, is uh, Google, or like the Google headquarters. Yeah, like that's where all the smart people sit. You know, Silicon Valley. That is, or uh, the White House, however you wanna, wherever you orient. Know. Yeah, <coughs> <laughs> so. That is where the intelligence sits, yeah? And then you have ah a hamkara, that would be like the identity. So if this was San Francisco, it would be like gourmet hipster coffee shops and uh, you know, stuff like that, right? If it's Texas, it would be, don't uh, come over on my side of the fence, I'm gonna shoot you. This is my (laughs) piece of property. If it's, uh, I don't know, you know what I mean, right? Um, I'm, I'm joking here also, right? but you know what I mean. So um, so the problem is that buddhi, this intellectual high point within us, um, that uh, Purusha reflects into buddhi. Because buddhi, when, when it works uh, in its most pure form, it is like a crystal. So everything you put uh, in front of the crystal, the crystal will show. You put it in front of blue color, the crystal is blue. So now I look, ahamkara, my identity, looks at buddhi, identifies with blue and think I am blue. Or looks at buddhi, sees a reflection of Purusha, think I am Purusha. Yeah? Mm. Or I said another, another way, this is all there is. Th- and now I have become a materialist. Why? Because Buddhi is part of Prakriti. It is not beyond Prakriti. As a matter of fact, it is created by the gunas, by the Indian periodic table. It is the first thing that crea- that comes from that. Is that making sense? Mm-hmm. So this misidentification is called the conjunction, some That is the reason for all suffering in us. Why we have such miserable lives here on South Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that dude.
0: dude. He supposedly likes to go to the mall. Uh He enjoys going to the mall because it's the perfect materialization of Prakriti.
1: Yes. He it. Oh yeah, it's very <laughs> well shaped up, <laughs> Prakriti, no yeah. doubt about It's like, ooh, look at that Prakriti right there. It's
0: like <laughs> that makes it sense. It kind of like that, like a blue shop needing Prakriti in a
1: sense, to so sort of like see... Like Chitnad Han
0: leaves the mall.
1: I don't know. I think your bet is as good as mine. I think it is for (laughs) us to reflect and try to get our head around that. And there's lots of of literature on that, shastala, that talks about that from different perspectives. And so if you want some informed thoughts from brilliant minds, mm -mm. then you go to Professor Rao and you say, I want to study this principle. He'll find a text to start studying with you. Okay, um, Okay. I wanted to go through the. Can I take five more minutes of your time? Mm-hmm. If you need to go, we like class, like, mm-hmm. do you have time? For, do you have five more minutes? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so because I would like to go through the Ishvara Sutras here. So the next one is number, tw- okay, this was number 24. I hope you got something out of it. God bless your soul if you did. <laughs> All right. So the next one is number 25, and number 25 says Tatara Nirati Sayam Sarvagnya Bijam. Repeat after me Tatara Tatara Nirati Sayam Sarvagnya Bijam. So, what this says, and uh, I uh, don't have much more to say about it than what Edwin Bryant says about it here, is that Ishvara also has first of all he's untouched we just talked about that and also he has omniscience he knows everything he is everywhere he um is uh, present uh, in every little uh, a bit he um he experiences everything he has reached into ev- everything big or small uh, he is the state of ultimate reality he is the creative source um but here is an interesting thing So you can hear it's very close to the way we think about a God in the Christian Judea uh, uh, context. Except in Patanjali's version and uh, here, he has no agency. It is not like he can say, I think Linda deserves a new Toyota. He doesn't have that ability or Linda has been a bad girl. I'm going to put her Toyota in a crash, Mm -hmm. you know. Or he doesn't have that kind of Santa Claus mm-hmm. options like our Christian Judea. Yeah. I think like if like this is uh, not to be provoking, but uh, provocative. But somewhat the Christian Judea, God has been really well personified in Santa Claus. Yeah. Like it, that is the relationship that somehow it's like he given and he take. It is a constant bargain between us. And and I'm just saying that because that is not at all what's going on here. He doesn't have that agency. What is there instead is the law of karma. There's this action that I do that spurs another action. There's an effect to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that law of action is not in God, it's not in Purusha. It's not an Ishvara that is in prakriti, that lies there. So therefore, we see prakriti as a mechanistic kind of evolution of things. They do the way they they go the way they they go. All right. Um, okay. 126. So 126 goes Purvesham api Guruhu Kalena Anavachitate. Repeat after me. Purvesham <laughs> 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 api. Guruhu, Guruhu, Kalena, Kalena. Kalena. Anabachida Te. So what this one says is also he doesn't oh I'm up here. He says he is the original knowledge. He is the original teacher as in before anyone learned it. He is the knowledge itself. So therefore we call him the first guru, the first teacher, the first and primary source of any. Knowledge that exists. Yeah? I don't think and <coughs> he is timeless. He has it has always been there that knowledge. It is for us to go and pick it and understand it. Mm-hmm. All knowledge comes from him. Does it make any sense? Mm-hmm. We call him the first teacher. Okay. Good. Next one, number 27. Tasya vacakaha pranavaha. Repeat after me. Tasya. Bahakaha. Pranava Pranava is the sound of om. So, what we are saying here, and bhatya means speech. So, what it says here is that um, he is the original knowledge, he is omniscience but has no agency, and he's untouched by Klesha's karma, uh, results of karma, and samskaras. So, what it says here is that he's formless except one way that we can communicate connect i suppose is by sound and the closest thing to his form that we get is that sound and that sound is om Mm. and that is and that is called pranava so that is why we say om because that is an attempt at making connection yeah all (coughs) right next one 28 so it says Tatjapaha Tatarta Pavanam Repeat after me Tatjapas Tatarta Pavanam So what this one says is that if you want to get to know to understand the concept of Isvara if you want to understand Ishvara, you can do that by reciting this sound and contemplating On what the heck it is Um, yes okay so if you do it what will happen happen knowing itself will come knowledge beyond knowledge not even knowledge will come knowing will come you're connecting with God yeah you're connecting with the Godhead so from that recitation of this sound you can pick up Pure knowing is what is being said here. Yeah. Japa. Have you heard the word japa? Mm-hmm. You can do mantra recitation. This is japa. So this is japa on um, pra, uh, uh, pranava, um, and then then you move into the the realm, the pavana, uh, the pavana of of, of Ishvara. Okay. I think this uh, one more and then we're done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so number one twenty-nine. Um it goes Adikamopi Tataha Pratyake. Repeat after me. Tataha. Tataha. Pratya ke.
0: Chetana.
1: Chetana. Adikamobi. Adikamobi. Antaraya. Antaraya. Apavacha. Apavascha. Very good. Pratchak, you know from Pratyaksha, uh, which is experience, personal experience. Chetana is another word for chitta. so what we're talking about here is that that if we uh, do that, if we recite and contemplate on the word Om, then we can get chetana we can come, we can begin to understand who we are, we can come into our own being. Our own consciousness. One's own consciousness is revealed. Yeah, by doing that. Is that true? I don't know. But this is what Patanjali says. All right. Um, What he also implies here this is a social revolt, this one. This particular sutra is a social revolt because he says you don't need to go to church, he says you can do this by yourself. This is the pavana, this is the space where this is possible. Mm-hmm. You do not need the priest, you do not need the, the institution of, of, mm-hmm. of uh, religion. You got it right there. It's poor man's you know, church, mm-hmm. right there. And if we do that, uh, internal knowing is found and hurdles are easier overcome. Obstacles are easier overcome. So potentially he says there is a God and that we can benefit if we can create a relationship with him. If we do that, all our obstacles, they fall away and enlightenment comes by itself. Why? Because when you put light in a dark room, darkness dissipates. So all you need to do is you put this knowledge in and then all the obstacles fall away. Why can you not see? Why are you banging your legs up against furniture because it's dark that's all the the main problem is the darkness the ignorance you to remove the the darkness everything is there how do you do that you put a light Ishvara is that light that uh, that is a method towards that or he is that not that light itself so you can see that is direct there if you have the ability to to move in the path of surrender if that is not uh, available to you then you can do the path of effort the whole you can do that instead also good it's just a little bit harder work that's why it's called the path of effort alright that was it you thank for you for your patience mm. um, and thank you for listening and and um, thank you for giving me the possibility to try to share this in this format, it's the first time I do it as I mentioned before and um, I hope you get something out of it. Uh, the reason I am trying to do it is because that I don't know how to express how much i get out of it in my own life so
0: that's why hey everyone thanks for listening to the second part of tim's lecture on the yoga sutras so you still have four more to go i will be posting them within the next few weeks so stay tuned and i just want to let you know again about our Ashtanga practitioners intensive taking place this summer we have it once, sometimes twice a year. This year, it'll be June 14th through July 14th. And we still have a few spots left. So if you're interested in learning more about it, you can go to our website and you'll find more information underneath the API tab. Or you can email me, my name is Monica. My email is monica at I manage the program, so if you have any questions, you can feel free to reach out, ask me anything you'd like. And the reason I wanted to let you know about it is because Tim will actually be teaching the Yoga Sutras portion in this course this year. Normally Kino does it, but this year Tim is going to do it, which I think is a, is a treat. Um, just to get a little bit more of the philosophical side of this practice from Tim and his insight on what he's picked up through all of those years of practice. He'll also be doing anatomy and some of the Mysore classes and techniques and adjustments. And then we have other teachers. Kino will be teaching the Mysore classes So if you're interested, if you want to get deeper into this practice or just spend a month with some really amazing people, you should join us. If not, just come down and practice with us anytime. Reach out to us if you have any questions. Hope to hear from you soon. Namaste.